Hey everyone, you're listening to Hotel Vicarious, a podcast hosted by two best friends who have a lot to say about their favorite TV shows and movies. This week, we're finishing up our season one recap of The Witcher. Hello, Daria. Hey, Jenny. How are you doing? I am wondering why it feels like a Monday, but it's a Tuesday, and and I'm I'm so tired already. That's because we have been working for an hour trying to get our microphones <laughs> to work. <laughs> we are having like a Mercury in retrograde day right now, guys. <laughs> It could, has been painful. To if you say could the least. cram all of Mercury retrograde into like my USB port, <laughs> that's how it's 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 a lot. Our right computers now. are randomly muting things. Daria sounded like she was underwater at one point. <laughs> then we just unplugged everything and plugged it back in, and it seems to be working. I mean, listen, when in doubt, turn it off, Yep. turn it on. Yeah, exactly. So we're here, guys, for as long as you have us. We are Who committed be, but... to continuing with this recap because we are only days away from the days. premiere of season two of The Witcher, you know, in case you're tuning in and you're confused as what we're talking about. <laughs> yes. Uh, it is almost time for season two of The Witcher on Netflix. We have four more episodes, four more densely packed episodes uh, to get through in this podcast, but we promise to do it as fast as possible. And we finally get to see everything unfold. All the timelines start to merge. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, like praise. <laughs> Because I I did read that I think season two is more chronological like because I think so. That's kind of like I don't know that for sure, so it's not a spoiler. I just that's what I kind of read someone say, but it wasn't like a confirmed source. It was just something that they they think that's what's gonna happen. So uh, we'll see. I would appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if if anyone could see my notes. For tonight's episode right now, they are, I mean, the flow chart is just all over the place, trying to connect all these events. We are like one ball of string away <laughs> from Char- Charlie Day's kitten mittens wall. Okay, so that was a very deep cut. It's always funny in Philadelphia reference, but if you're on the internet, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, you've seen the meme. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it's crazy. So we're going to get right into it. And then later on, we'll talk about some other uh, movies and TV shows that we're watching, what we plan on doing for the holidays when we get some some free time from our day lives. Yes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll go. But we're going to dive right in. Oh, absolutely. We have so much to cover. <laughs> Episodes five, six, seven, and eight are somehow not as dense as one through four, but yeah. But still so much happens. Yeah, so much does happen. I think episode five through eight is like seven years altogether. 
Yeah. Like, it, but whereas one through four was actually like 45 or like 50 years, something like that. Actually, it might have been more than that. It might be like 60 years. Yeah. So yeah, there's, there's definitely a lot less. There's less monster of the week, I think. Yeah, I do feel like the back half of the season becomes more of a like... Plot driven? Yeah, committed story versus like... <laughs> Yeah. New scary guy like, of the week. It's like, you know, like in the X-Files, there's like the show, the episodes that are like the alien episodes. And then there's like the episodes that are like have nothing to do with the plot at all. It's kind of like that. Exactly. It's just really heavily loaded in the back end. So we end episode four. Geralt is being like, peace out. I don't want no law surprise. See you later. I don't want no baby. <laughs> and... Mousack is like tough. <laughs> Mousack, which we apologize to the show for saying Moosack all last yeah. episode. We forgot. And no, I'm sorry. We didn't forget. We just refused to pronounce it that way. <laughs> we just, just, yeah. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but we have a pronunciation <laughs> problem on this show. And is it Geralt? Is it Geralt? It is Geralt. Is it Geralt? <laughs> It's not. Listen. Is it Gary? I don't know. Is it Gary? I'm just going to start calling him Gary from now on. (laughs) But it's hard, okay? These names are hard. You know what? Why can't they pull a dune every once in a while and be like, this is Stephanie? Yep. This is Alexis. This is Alexis. Right? (laughs) This is Chad. (laughs) Chad the elf. (laughs) That would be great, okay? That would be really helpful. Um, Yeah, so it is Mousack. Yes. It is not Moosack. Uh, also, <laughs> in house cleaning, uh, we were wrong in <laughs> episode three. The Strega was, in fact, Foltest's daughter, not his sister. Whoops. <laughs> Whoops. But, like, same difference when right. you're a product of incest. I mean, whatever, whatever. Right. Exactly. It's all good. Yeah. So I think that is all of our house cleaning from the last episode. Yes. Oh, also the fact that we did start, we did finish the last episode talking about the first, the beginning of episode five, but that was just because we were super excited to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. We just got a little bit ahead of ourselves. We're going to talk about it again. (laughs) Yes. If you're still listening, (laughs) we're about to get started. Yes. Jenny, continue on with your lovely recapping skills. Okay, so it has been about seven years-ish at this point since Geralt and Yaskir have seen each other and they meet in the woods. The last time they saw each other was at Pavetta's wedding betrothal where Geralt got the love surprise, but they haven't seen each other for a while. Yaskir is like, hey, I haven't seen you forever. What's going on? You don't look great. <laughs> and Geralt is like, I can't sleep. I need a gin. She's like kind of like a genie, basically, right? They give three wishes. Yeah, yeah, it is. And it's so funny to me that this man's like, give me some Ambien is basically fishing in a river for a tin can with a gin inside. Like, he couldn't have like chewed some herbs, some sort of like, there's no like, continental marijuana like this man does the hardest things always he like never takes the simple route for anything sounds like a lot of men though (laughs) that's fair (laughs) 
So he's kind of annoyed. He's kind of cranky. And Yaskier is just himself. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just kind of being annoying. And then Geralt, like, he insults him or something, right? He says something like, something about his singing being like a pie with no filling or something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jaskier is mad and he's like and he steals the gin bottle and he's like take it back I'm not giving this back to you Chilty you can take it back and they're kind of like fighting like children yeah. and Geralt pulls this stupid like thing off of the bottle and lets the gin out and then of course Jaskier is like I don't even remember what Jaskier's wishes are but he uses up two like right away well he like yeah, I, he, he says, like, a, a million things at once. And it's, like, Garal has to be, like, listen, you only get three. Like, you just get three. Like, calm down, buddy. Right. And then Jaskier's, like, I didn't know you wanted them off yourself. And then all of a sudden, like, the gin, like, attacks his throat. And it's starting to swell. And anyway, Garal needs to find a healer for him. Yes. And, like... You know, is like Jaskier's like, well, if you weren't avoiding destiny so much, maybe you'd be sleeping better. So right. what's really funny to me is like as Geralt and Jaskier are, you know, riding to town and Geralt's trying to find ways to heal him. We also see, so we find Yennefer like running this herb shop and she's making a shit ton of money and the mayor comes in, and we talked about this in the last episode, and she basically gets herself arrested. And it's sort of, like, her way of, like, <sighs> creating a name for herself. And so mm-hmm. she's, like, this super successful mage in town. And when Geralt finds a doctor, the doctor's like, look, I can't really do much for this guy. Like, you need a mage. And Geralt's like, great, like, hook me up. And the doctor's like, well, I don't know. Like, I don't know about this one. Like, no one really likes this one, this mage. And, you know, like, she's done some things in the town folk hater. So, like, good luck, bro. <laughs> Even though it turns out that he's actually in love with her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, like, duh, everyone's in love with Yennefer. Yeah. And he's just like, I couldn't kill her. I tried, but I couldn't. <laughs> yeah. She was too hot. Too hot for me to kill. <laughs> too hot to kill. <laughs> Okay, so Geralt takes Jaskier to the mayor's house, which is where we find out Yennefer is being imprisoned. She's not actually in jail. She's been taken to the mayor's house, which is very sus. Yeah. (laughs) And then we have the most weirdly chased orgy to have ever been in a movie or a TV show. Wait, so (laughs) before we get to the orgy... We get a scene with Yennefer and Tissaia and... Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, and and, Yenne- and it's so funny because Yennefer is sitting in front of this, like, vanity and she's, like, doing her hair and, like, her makeup and she's, like, looking glam as fuck. Mm-hmm. And Tissaia's like, you should come back to Artuza with me. Like, I can't believe you just abandoned your post. Frangilla's doing great at Nilfgaard. Like, that could have been you. Right. Like, you can't be this useless, basically. <laughs> right. Like, you're too good to be this useless. Yeah. And so she's like, come back to Artuza, at least teach. And, like, let's help the other mages, you know, be as great as you are. And and Yennefer really resents Tissaia. Mm-hmm. And is basically like, I don't have time for this. I've got somewhere I need to be. Like, I'm not doing you any favors. And then, of mm-hmm. course, it turns out that the place where she's late for is the orgy that she's using her magic to, like, construct. Which, 
kind of speaks to a lot of weird consensual things. Yeah, but I also don't understand, like, the point of it. No, I, like, think I don't she think it's just for her bored. own benefit. Yeah, because they all looked very confused. Yes. But also it was, like, very weird. Like, no one is actually having sex, I don't think. There's one point when Geralt and Jaskier come in, and they're talking, and in the background, there are these people, and, like, you'd think, like, it, it's just, everyone ha- actually has clothes on, where they need to have clothes on, mm-hmm. but then it, it's just, like, the weirdest, it's so weird, it's just a very, there's a lot of funny things if you're watching, like, the background of what the background characters are doing, it's very distracting. So yeah, so basically he brings her in, he brings Jaskier in and he's like, I need help. And he's like, I will do anything if you help him. Which like, for a witcher to say that, I mean, he's basically just nervous that she's gonna like, you know, lock him into some sort of indentured, you know, servitude. Yeah, so she gets him all basically like puts it i don't know we don't really see what she does but she basically gets him settled yeah it's like this kind of i don't know if it's a potion or a spell or something but it like knocks jaskier out and she's like as long as he is sleeping it will help him like he has to wake up on his own or other spell won't work right and so and this is why i love yennefer because she's like i'll help your buddy but you like need to get in a bath you smell like a horse and i can tell you exactly like what breed what what gender like (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it was really funny, yeah. And that's when we get one of the best Geralt bath scenes ever. Yeah. And I love, I love when Yennefer gets in the bath with him and they're like back to back. Yeah. And they're like talking about their like deranged childhoods and like getting to know each other. And it's like lovely. It's like a lovely moment between It's them. such a good scene. I love it. And it's kind of funny too. You know, when she's, like, trying to take a peek at her in the mirror and she, like, moves the mirror and he's like, oh, that's dry. Yeah. <laughs> but, of course, we find out that it was as cute as it was pretty much because Jennifer's, like, trying to seduce him into, like, helping her get access to the gin. Right. She wants the gin. She wants to. Well, first, was it that she wanted the third wish or that she wanted? So, if I can remember correctly, she wants Jaskier to make his final wish. Because, of yes. course, the assumption is that Jaskier has control of the djinn. Yes. It's his wishes. Yeah. So, she wants him to make his final wish so that she can then take control of him and, like, use him as a vessel, I think. Oh, uh, oh no. That's because the vessel broke. Oh, Right. The vessel broke when they were fighting and there is no vessel anymore. So she thinks she's going to become the vessel. And in turn, somehow that will make it so that she can have children. But but she is trying to do some sort of spelly thing. Yes. <laughs> uh, and Jaskier wakes up and he's like, what the fuck? And he's like, I'm leaving. And he just runs away. Yes. Okay. Oh my God. I, like, totally blacked out for a second because Geralt finds the, like, ring on the floor of her trying to, you know, do the spell. Yes. Yeah, there's, like, candles and there's, like, uh, it's, like, the the star from the lid of the gin bottle and so she's, like, really trying to, like, get the gin to, like, she thinks that, so, oh, she makes Jaskier have a wish. 
she's like, say your final wish, say your final wish. And so he does like over and over and over and nothing is happening. Yeah. And so it's not working. Sort of. Yeah. It's like they're battling. But, like, he hasn't sort of... been let go yeah. from Jaskier because we realize it's not Jaskier. It's Geralt. Right. Who, who owns the witches. And Geralt is stuck under the castle because after their like lovely shared bath time, Yennefer knocks him out with some sort of herb mixture. And Geralt wakes up a little bit later in the jail cell with the elf doctor or the elf healer that we'd met earlier in the episode. Yeah. The elf healer had like tried to stop Yennefer to like get her to break the spell that she had on everyone in the castle. Mm-hmm. But he couldn't hurt her, obviously, because he was in love with her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that is also when he realizes that he is the one with the wishes. Yes. Because he wishes that the guy's head would explode and his head explodes. Yes. And then he realizes on his arm, a second, like, cut has has shown up. Mm-hmm. And so he realizes that it's him with the wishes, that she's not going to be able to get Jaskier to give her final his final wish. And so that's when he escapes. Yes. And... Him and Jaskier are, like, walking outside of the castle, and Jaskier's, like, sort of filling him in on, like, this crazy witch, and, like, what is she gonna do? And that's when Geralt realizes what Yennefer is is trying to accomplish, trying and he's like, fuck, this is going to destroy her, like, we, I have to do something. Yeah, which is, again, such a Geralt move, like, yeah. this has nothing to do with me whatsoever at all, I must get involved in <laughs> I know, and it's, like... This is what he usually does. So when he runs in, you don't necessarily think, you know, that there's something more there. Right. But his third wish, and we never find out exactly what he says, basically saves Yennefer's life. Yeah, the the gin, like, blows out the top of the roof and disappears. Yeah, and so it's... (laughs) The stupidest thing happens. It's like... Jaskier and the healer outside and the djinn flares up through the roof and and uh, they're like nervous that the building is gonna crash down and kill their friends inside and Jaskier's like outside freaking out and the doctor's like looking through a window (laughs) because with the roof crashing some of the floors fell through and so it's like Geralt and Yennefer are like on the ground on the main floor with like remnants of building around them right and they're boning (laughs) like yeah like not even like it's just like it is hilarious fully clothed like you know oh yeah just so great and the elf is like kind of heartbreaking (laughs) (laughs) and yeah and jaskier is like let's go let's go let's go yeah, like, let's give them their privacy. Right. <laughs> I mean, it really is sort of the most ridiculous. Like, we've been waiting four episodes now for Yennefer and Geralt to meet. And when they do, it's a fucking shit show. Like, yeah, absolutely. Everything about it is insane. Yeah, but I do love at the end when she asks what his third wish was. And he is, like, absolutely dead asleep, just, like, snoring. Just so He's crazy. exhausted. <laughs> And that is basically episode five. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's all that happens in that year, in the timeline, when we think about things chronologically. And then we jump ahead five years later? No, seven Seven years years later. Six years. Six years later, sorry. And Geralt 
and Jaskier are basically invited to join a dragon hunt by an adventurer, this like lovely little man named Borch and his two super hot body cards, Taya and Veya. Yep. I love it. And Geralt's like, no, I don't wanna. <laughs> I don't wanna kill dragons. I don't wanna do this. It sounds stupid. And he's like very much close to just blowing this guy off. And then Borch kind of points out the other groups that are joining the hunt. And there's a band of dwarves, um, a band of reavers, which are professional monster hunters. And then there's mm-hmm. this group with a knight and Yennefer. And so as soon as Yennefer walks into the bar, girl, it's like, all right, let's go. Because <laughs> yeah, they haven't seen exactly. each other. And he's like, no. ah, I need to be around this person. And so let's do it. Yes. <laughs> There's a lot of camping in this episode. There's a lot of camping in this episode. A lot of like <laughs> fireside chats. Which is good. Yeah. You know, it is good. Pretty much almost right away, the knight dies. And he's like kind of an idiot. So like. He he is. <laughs> The first night that they're camping, right, there's, like, this super hungry creature that comes yeah, into camp. Yeah, but he's not really, like, he's not really, like, um, a threat. He's no, just, he's like, not a, dangerous. He's like, no, if you saw, like, a hung, it's like if you saw a wolf and he was hungry, he's, like, that's as dangerous as it is. But the knight is, like, I'm a knight. Ooh. And he just, like, chops the guy up. Basically cuts his head off, like, chops him up. And then eats him? Yeah, and everyone's like, dude, mm, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. And then I think the next, later that night, he's they find him dead. And they can't figure out, or everyone just assumes it's the Reavers who do it. Because they've left. Yeah, they like bounced. Then there's like some sort of, there's some sort of like the dwarves and Borsh's team have some sort of alliance or something. Yeah, so because the Reavers have sort of like dipped out... And Yennefer sort of left alone. The dwarves are like, well, we know a shortcut through the mountain. Like, this is where we function and live. So, like, follow us and, mm-hmm. you know, we can we can get closer to the dragon. But, of course, their mountain shortcut is like this teeny tiny dwarf-sized bridge. On the <laughs> face of a mountain. <laughs> yeah. And so who who dies? Someone Borch. the Borsch, right? Yeah, him yeah. and the two Taya and Vea, they die, right? Or they no, they sacrifice themselves. Well, they the wind is like super intense and they slip and Geralt is like holding Borch by the arm and, and Taya and Vea are holding on to Borch and so it's like this big yes. long thing and Borch is like, I'm not gonna let this, you know, sacrifice like this mess up this adventure like we're gonna sacrifice ourselves and then you guys mm-hmm. go on mm-hmm. Geralt and Yennefer have been like having weird heated tensiony moments in this entire yeah. like interaction yeah all like basically since they saw each other in the bar <laughs> yeah and it's like clearly who knows who ghosted who in this situation but like there's some some unresolved feelings between the two of them. Yeah. But they manage to reconcile right before they finally reach the dragon's den. And we get the most beautiful, stunning, amazing fight scene in, like, the entire show. Oh, yeah. It's, it is for sure one of the best, if not the best. So they, they find the dragon. Yeah. But the dragon is dead. 
the green dragon is dead yes. but there's an egg but with the dead dragon and the egg is Taya and Vea who are like guarding the dragon's egg and they're like what and then they see this beautiful like huge beautiful golden dragon who Geralt had said it was not a thing it would it did not exist it would it would be like a I don't know what the word he used like if it if a golden dragon existed I guess in this sort of environment it's like a it's like a mutation like it's not yeah. something that's it's like a not a normal thing and it ends up it's that Borsh is himself it's Borsh he is actually a dragon or a dragon shifter I guess yeah he's that- <laughs> a dragon shifter and he like wanted to prevent anyone from harming the dragon egg because if you move the dragon egg the dragon dies right yes so that's when the reavers show up yes and they have to defend the egg from the reavers and it's the five of them fighting yeah and that's when we get like just this like very beautiful like girl and yennefer like they they're like they know each other's mo- it's like very it's great it's a great moment it's so good it's so good it really is the best scene i take that back it is the best fight scene of the show and then also that's when he later they he 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 tells her that his wish like bound them together somehow right so i think what he says is that his wish was to like don't take her away from me because it's like and i think the reason he says it in that moment is like don't take this woman, like, don't kill this woman and take her away from me. Like, I don't want to lose her. Okay. And so she interprets that as some kind of love spell. I see. Yeah, because I okay. I can understand the way that he said it probably in the moment panicked to, like, save mm. her. Like, oh, don't take her away from me. Yeah. And how that could maybe be, you know, interpreted right. as, like, right. whatever I'm feeling for you is actually just a wish from the gin. Right, which is kind of why she's like, mm, I don't trust you anymore. I don't believe that my feelings are real. Yeah, and it's actually a really heated moment in general because when they're sitting around and and talking about, like, you know, Yennefer had really gone on the dragon hunt because she had heard that dragon hearts were good for fertility. Right. And Borsh is like, mm. it's not going to happen. You're never going to get your fertility back. And girl, it's like, why do you want to be a mom anyway? You'd be a terrible mom. Like, this is one, like, our lifestyle doesn't have anything to do with, you know, being parents. And That's a fucking terrible thing to say. Like, first of all, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. And then I think, is it Jaskier who mentions the child's, oh no, Geralt does it himself. He mentions the child's surprise. In his argument with Yennefer, like, I wouldn't be a good father. That's why I never claimed my um, law of surprise. Oh, yes, he does say that. I forgot about that. And Yennefer's like, fuck you. What, you got a baby and you don't even want it? Like, Yeah, she's like, here I am trying everything and anything to figure out how to have a baby. And you have a Mm -hmm. child hanging out somewhere and you're like this deadbeat who's avoiding her. And she leaves. Yeah. And like, go, you know. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame her. I really don't. don't Um, And then in true uh, Geralt fashion, he is real butthurt and (laughs) takes it out on Jaskier. Yeah. And is basically like, I just want to get away from you. I want peace. He basically, like, blames everything bad that's ever happened to him on Jaskier. 
and like hopes that they never meet again. It's horrible. And that so bad. Is a hundred percent the last time that we see Jaskier in the show. It is. Now at that point, it's only one year away from present day, so it's not like that long, but it is definitely long enough. Like it's a long time for them to not, you know. Yeah. I mean, you know, for someone who's been in the show almost the entire time, and then we get to Right. Episodes he's nowhere to be found after that. Like the big like last right, two episodes. The last two episodes. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I think basically that's it. He he kind of like yells at Jaskier and then Jaskier's like, okay, and then just leaves. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's kind of how it ends in twelve sixty-two. Yeah. And then I guess we go into beginning of twelve sixty-three and we're back to the 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 day of the Sintra invasion from episode one. Yes. And so a lot happens within a very short period of time. I think it's like yeah. maybe two weeks of time from episode one to where it ends in episode eight in terms of like present timeline. Yes. Yeah. Series timeline, I think I read, is about two weeks in yeah. total. Yeah, and so at the beginning of episode seven, we see that Geralt decides to invoke his law of surprise. So one thing that happens in the dragon hunt is when everyone's sort of gathered around the fires, they're talking about the impending conflict that Nilfgaard has with Sintra and that Nilfgaard is looking to advance and like take over and right. the response for everyone's kind of mixed, right? Like, well, Nilfgaard's really strong. They take no prisoners, yada, yada, yada. But that Queen Calanthe is, like, a super badass. And Sintra's got their shit together. And, like, they're going to be just fine. Right. So then we get to this, like, year later. And we see that things are progressing. And mm-hmm. Geralt is worried. Because he saw the Nilfgaard army yes. heading towards Sintra. So that's why he's like, oh, shit. I gotta go. I guess I need to claim this baby to protect right. her. And but he she's not a baby anymore, obviously. Yeah, like, she's, he doesn't know how yeah. old, like, I think he knows how old, but he doesn't know if it's a boy, he doesn't know if it's a girl, he knows nothing about this this kid. Mm-hmm. And so while he's traveling to Sintra, we see that Yennefer is also, like, trying to figure her shit out, and she finds our old buddy Istred on a dig somewhere in another kingdom. Yes. Yeah. And she basically, like, propositions him to, like, run off with her. And, like, they can do whatever they want somewhere else under, um, like, with freedom. Like, not being under the brotherhood. Right. right. Yeah. She can be a maid. She can be, uh, what did she say? A archaeologist. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's an what he likes to do. He can be an archaeologist and they can just, like, live their life and, you know... And he's like, mm, well, actually, you broke my heart. Yeah. And no, it was nice seeing you. <laughs> yes. But, and- like, I don't feel like that is fair to Yennefer. No. Because he was, like, for sure ratting on her to Stregobor and telling all of her, everything that she told him, she, he, he was telling Stregobor. Now, <laughs> she was telling everything to, to Saya, but that's besides the point. <laughs> Well, yeah, they were totally using each other. And so for Istred to claim that, like, she was this big heartbreaker is so Mm -hmm. off the mark. Mm -hmm. So while there, and she's, like, sort of, like, what the fuck just happened? 
this sorcerer, Vilgefortz, comes to her <laughs> and is like, stuff is going down. We need your help. Like, Taseya sent me because she thought that you could be really helpful here. And so we start to see that, like, lots of things are happening, right? Like, Geralt sees Nilfgaard armies advancing. And the Brotherhood, including the mages from Artuza, are, like, gathering together to figure out if they're going to participate in this upcoming conflict. Right. Yeah, and it's, like, Stregvor is there, and uh, Fringilla's uncle, I can't remember what his name is. Yeah, who's, like, the head of the Brotherhood. Yeah, he, yeah, exactly. He's there, and so they're all talking, and then uh, Fringilla actually arrives, right? She comes. And she's like, we're not doing black magic. There is no such thing as black bad magic or dark magic. It's just magic. (laughs) Which is, like... Okay, girl. (laughs) Sure, sure, sure. That kind of happens. And then I guess they have a vote and the Brotherhood is like, "Mm, we're going to stay neutral. Right. But you have a few of them who are like, okay, well, that's bad form. And it's like, Tissaia, Vilgefortz, um, Triss, who we met before in the Striga episode, Sabrina. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a few of them that are like, we're going to do whatever we can to help Sintra, like, defend themselves from Nilfgaard. And... To say it convinces Yennefer to join. Because I think they feel like if Nilfgaard attacks Sintra and wins, they're just going to keep coming. Right. Yeah. Then Nilfgaard takes over everywhere and like no one wants that. Right. Exactly. And so I guess that is at the same time Geralt is in Sintra. He (laughs) so first of all, he arrives and then immediately Queen Calanthe tries to have him killed by assassins and that does not work. Yes. (laughs) And then he's like, uh, no. And then she's like, okay, fine. I will let you meet, you know, Siri and I'll explain to her what's going on. So then he goes and gets to meet Siri. And I, this is the one thing I don't understand is like, he seems to know right away that it's an imposter child. Yeah. And so... I can't. Did, I don't know what out. I missed. <laughs> well, it's so I was when I was rewatching. It's like he goes into the room and he meets this like little blonde girl, and he doesn't really get such a good look at her face. And Calanthe's like, "I'll let you know when you can come and pick her up." Basically, oh, and I remember now. When he's yes. like walking out, Mouse yes. Sack opens up this like doorway and like leads right. Geralt out of the castle. Where he can right. follow after the fake Siri, who bows yes. to the real Siri, and Geralt right, and then he like, realizes, yeah, gotcha. he's like, okay, you yeah. try to have me killed, fine. You try and give yeah. me a fake child, what, like whatever. Yeah, and Calanthe's like, mm, I'm just not gonna give her to you. <laughs> like, yeah. she's like, I don't believe in destiny. Fuck the law of surprise. Like, that's my granddaughter. Yeah. You can't have her. Right, and he's like, look, he's like, if you believe for any, like, if you believe in anything whatsoever that you might not win against Nilfgaard, let me take Ciri, I will protect her, and I will bring her back, like, so she's not here when Nilfgaard attacks, and Calanthe is like, no. Yeah. So then, who, is it, is it Mausak that leads him, no. No, it's the husband, um, oh, I, I, Iced? Is yeah, that Iced. Okay. Um, and it's funny because Geralt's like, dude, you fought with me 
to protect the law of surprise and now you're not yeah. like i'm trying to help yeah right? and iced is like you ever have a granddaughter like i i can't let her go it's like not that easy and so he yeah. imprisons Geralt below the castle right yes and so Geralt is in a jail cell while Nilfgaard attacks and invades the city and breaches the castle. In episode one, the whole time he has been right there, which is like just when that, I saw that the first time, it just like blew my mind. I was just like, what? I mean, literally insanity. And it's yeah. like, okay, Queen Clancy really fucked herself over with this one, to be right. honest. Yeah, and then, so then, <clears throat> you know, we see what happens. We see Calanthe, um, so Ice, as like we saw in the first episode, Ice dies. Calanthe is mortally wounded. She realizes that, yeah, Geralt is the only option for Ciri, and she tells Mosak to go get him, and that's when Mosak realizes that Geralt has escaped and is nowhere to be found. Which, like, typical for Geralt, to break out of a jail cell and disappear. Exactly. So then at that point, at that point, she, he takes Siri. That's when we see him like getting Siri out of Sintra, which is what we see in the end of the first episode. Right. And it's interesting too, because as Geralt is escaping from the cell and trying to get out of the castle, it's like two ships passing in the night, right? Like Siri's going yes. one way with Mausak and Geralt's going the other. Oh, and Geralt sees Queen Calanthe fall to her death. Yes. Having jumped out the window. And he's just, like, horrified, basically. Yeah. I mean, like, so much happens so fast. Yeah. And so that is basically, from that point on, do we want to talk about Ciri now? Yeah. Okay. So at that point, we're sort of brought up to the present timeline of where Ciri is. And so... The last time we saw her in episode four, she was in the woods with the Dryads and Dara and mm-hmm. the Birdman, Kahir, right. who's Kahir, basically yes. like in charge of Nilfgaard. Him and Fringilla, Fringilla figure out where she is. And so they know that they can't just like jump on in there and capture her. So they find something called a Doppler, which is like short for doppelganger. And it's this, right. like, creature that can, like, ingest you. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it basically they just, like, they, like, copy your physical form and all of your memories and then kill you. Yeah. It's it's wild. And so when we find Siri and Dara again in the woods, Mausak has found his way into the woods where the dryads are and is, like, come with me like i'll take you to safety oh wait sorry we didn't <laughs> wait one second we didn't say that the the doppler has taken mosak's form and all his memories and killed him oh right <laughs> so that happens guys uh no because they found mosak in sintra right right yes so they've had him for a while they've had him the whole time and so kahar and frangilla are like okay doppler assume the identity of Mausak, he's, you're, then you're going to go in and get Siri from us. Because she knows Mausak. And she will be like, yeah, 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 I know this guy. So he does it. We see poor Mausak, the real Mausak, die. 
And then uh, the Doppler goes into the woods to find Siri in Brokilon with the Dryads. And that's when Siri decides to leave. And she tells Dara to come with her because she's his family. He is her family now. It's such a cute moment. Right? Yeah. I know. So then Dara and Siri are, you know, with Mausak. They're following him out of the woods. And she's like asking questions and, you know, and they're, but Dara is growing like more and more sort of suspicious of this Mausak. Well, it's, it's like the more Siri questions him, the more frustrated the doppelganger becomes. Right. Yeah. Which is interesting because I don't, which I don't quite understand because the whole point is that he's supposed to have gotten all of his memories. So you'd think he would have answers, right? Well, and also you'd think he'd have some affection for, for Siri. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm-hmm. He has a specific job, so, like, just do it a little bit better. Right. And then she asks him something, and he he ends up, like, basically revealing himself accidentally. Yeah. And so there's this whole big scuffle, and right. the doppelganger knocks Dara out, and Siri yes. tries to escape. He's, she's captured by the doppelganger, ties her to a tree. Yes. And assumes her form, but does not kill her. Yes. And then... Gets captured. Captured, yes. By Kahir, or Kahar, I guess is how you saw it. And then he, and he does this because he, when he assumes Ciri's form, he realizes what she is. Yeah. And like what she is, is we have no idea. But. <laughs> yeah, we have no, we still don't know, but the Doppler clearly knows and he's pissed. Yeah. And he, I mean, he like wants nothing to do with hurting this girl. He like wants nothing to do with it. Right. So. That's when he goes in and, and he's, like, talking to Kahar. And then he reveals that it's himself. And then he, like, assumes Kahar's form. And then they're fighting each other. And you don't know what's going on. And then he, like, one of them stabs the other. And it's actually a pretty cool fight It scene, is. It's really cool. Just they're fighting each other. <laughs> and the actor who plays Kahar Kahir is very captivating. Like, he's a really... Mm-hmm good fun actor especially for a villain yeah he is and so we kind of see one of them get stabbed and one of them kind of escapes and we just kind of at first don't really know who is who no no because they well they're the same person at that point yeah Um, and so someone escaped one of them escapes and then dara wakes up he frees siri who's been tied to the tree but he leaves her because when they had found out that the doppler was actually a Doppler and not Mausak. Dara had him against the tree with like a knife to his throat and Siri told Dara to kill him. And Dara is like, I'm leaving. He's like, because you know what? You're no better than your grandmother. I know. But you know, Dara has some, you know, intergenerational trauma. Yeah. You know, the absolute wiping out of his entire people. So. Can't blame him. Yeah. So he leaves and leaves Siri to herself in the woods. And then we see that the person who was stabbed, or the Kahar who was stabbed, is the real Kahar. And he's being treated by Frangilla. And they're just, like, basically planning. And what's interesting about their interactions is that, like, the way that she, she's like, you overtook the king of Nilfgaard. Like, you are the rightful leader. People will fall in line Mm -hmm. behind you. Like, you're doing the right Mm -hmm. thing. Like, there's something so um, so interesting about their dynamic. Yeah. And especially because they keep talking about this thing, like the white flame. Like, I know that that's my destiny. And, like, 
this girl mm-hmm. is a part of that and like we have to find her right and so you're like who is this guy yeah we still don't know what is the white flame but. yeah like we have no we have we don't know really anything about kahar and we don't know anything about the white flame and we have no idea what siri has like what her part is and all of that yeah i mean the most i assume is that she has something like all those other girls that were born during the eclipse you know like renfrey and all those other ones right so, yeah but that's like that's just like a guess like we don't really know yeah so at that point siri is just like by herself like has now been abandoned by dara and she finds herself what in a small little town right like a village yeah just like some random nearby village and i think she has to like trade Oh, a, a ring or something. Yeah. So a necklace or a ring or something. I think something it's like a family for, ring. Yeah, for like a pair of gloves. Yeah, because it's so I think cold. it's gloves, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then this woman sees that she's all alone and she offers her to come with her. Yeah. She's like, yeah. let me, you know, like come with me. Like obviously you're alone. It's a bit like a little uh, unnerving for a kid to be wandering around alone. Like just come home with me. Yeah. But Siri, of course, doesn't trust anyone now. <laughs> Now this whole thing with Mouse Sack and or the Doppler. And she also knows that like Nilfgaard is fighting, is is searching for her. So she kind of doesn't want to put this woman in harm's way also. So she ends up stealing the one of the woman's horses and sort of just like takes off into the woods. And that's when she is discovered by her old uh, friends who she used to play those games with. Right. Yeah. And she's, like, so happy to see people that she recognizes. It's so sad, too. Like, I don't know. I just... And then she... They're just, like, terrible to her. Yeah, they're... She was like, I thought we were friends. And they were like, well, if, you know, you were a princess, but you're not a princess anymore. And they, like, rob her and, like, try and take all of her stuff. Yes. And that is when she just, like... I don't know. Her... Yeah. Something in her snaps. I think she's just been through a lot of shit in the last two weeks. And right, she, right. her powers activate. And so it's like, we kind of saw a, a fledgling of what she was capable of in episode one. When she does her big scream. Yes. And now we yeah. kind of see that like, she's more than just that. Yeah, it's not just noise. It's like, <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's bad. And so that's how episode seven ends, basically, with, like, mm-hmm. the attack and, and everything happening. Mm-hmm. And then the final episode is when, like, everything sort of, sort of comes together. Oh, finally, the timelines merge. Yes. So after Geralt escapes from Sintra, he defends a nearby merchant from some undead monsters, some witcher level zombies right exactly yeah (laughs) which are real gross so gross so gross but like Geralt (laughs) can't help himself must help strangers no matter if it's the right time or not (laughs) honestly like you have things to do go find that kid (laughs) jesus um (laughs) yeah so he's like defending this guy and he's like telling the merchant like get the fuck out of here and the merchant's like yeah i should go (laughs) (laughs) and then Geralt is bitten i think yeah he gets attacked i think yeah he gets wounded in the fight and it knocks him right out 
Yeah, because these zombies are like, they don't really kill witchers, but they definitely are like one of the things that really slow them down and like maim them. Yes. And so Geralt sort of falls into this like weird hallucinatory like. Yeah, it's it's fever dreams. Yes. And it's funny because the show sort of like, we see Geralt having his moments at the same time that Yennefer and the mages are like reinforcing what they think is going to be the keep that prevents Nilfgaard from advancing a place called Sodden Hill. And like the battle is a mess. It's from invading the rest of the Northern Kingdoms. So basically Nilfgaard is doing exactly what these that Tissaia and Vil- Vilgeforts? Uh, Vilgeforts. Vilgeforts. Exactly what they were worried about is that once Nilfgaard got Sintra, they're like, on to the next. Yeah. And so basically now that's what's happening. So now, yeah, there's it's the keep of Sodden Hill. Yes. Yeah. So that's going to, like, they think, like you said, that's going to, like, prevent them from being able to invade everything else and... They've, like, sent word or something to these other northern kingdoms for backup. Yeah. And if they can just sort of hold the line, then hopefully they can wait until reinforcements come. Right. And it's a mess. Like, Fringilla is is using magic on the Nilfgaardian side, and the mages are using magic on their side, and there's a lot of heavy casualties on each other. I mean, like, the kind of fighting where someone can, like, snap everyone's necks at once and, like, it's, like, a whole... But it's, like we were talking about in part one of our recap, whenever you do magic, there's a consequence to that, too. And so, like, every single time one of the mages tries to defend Sodden Hill, they're, like, making it even physically harder on themselves. Right, yeah, they're basically draining their own energy. Yeah, it's so it's just a really shitty way to fight, basically, because it's like... Right, exactly. You're draining all of your resources. And then we have some, like, pretty good... We have some good little, like, interactions between different people. We have, like, there's, like, a a pretty good fight between uh, Vilgeforge and Kahar. Mm -hmm. And then Vilgeforge is, like, eventually loses and is, like, thrown down a hill or something and is knocked out. And then we have the really interesting conversation between Tissaia and Fringilla. Yep. And I, basically Tissaia is just being like, you can still be good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, nice try, but sometimes people just want to be bad and they want to do what they want to do and there's like no changing that. Yeah. Especially because Fringilla doesn't think that she's bad. She thinks that she's no, doing the she, right thing. Exactly. She thinks that she is like, it's not bad magic. It's just magic. Like, it's just, you know, this is, you You wanted her to be the mage of Nilfgaard. Here you go. You know, this, she's doing her job. And it gets really interesting because Fringilla uses a kind of magic that like, it's like trickery, right? So yes. she turns yeah. some mages... Like, she controls them and makes them do things that they wouldn't necessarily do. Like, we see Sabrina give bombs to children, convincing them to drop bombs on their own keep. Like, essentially destroying their own home. Right. And Yennefer's like, what the fuck is going on? And Sabrina stabs her, and it's this whole big thing, and it's like, 
basically everywhere Yennefer turns, someone is dead or unresponsive. And she's just, like, wandering alone trying to figure out how to stop this from happening. Yeah. And I think she eventually finds Tessaia, right? And she's kind of just, like, she's trying to hold them off. But, like, she is, like, pretty much... She's pretty much done at that point. Like, she's pretty much disabled. <laughs> like, just, like, you know, her, her magic is pretty much gone. And and Yennefer tells her, you know, you saved my life. You know, being at Aratusa saved my life. And, and Tessaia then says to Yennefer, well, now it's your turn to save mine and everyone on this continent. And that this will be your legacy. Because earlier before the battle, Tessaia and Yennefer had had this conversation and, you know, Tessaia was like, you know, are you basically, are you prepared to die? And Yennefer was like, yeah. She's like, I've lived like three lives and this is terrible. All of them were shit. I'm ready. Like, I'm done. I don't care. I'm, I'm ready. I don't have a legacy. I have nothing. I have nothing left to offer or I have nothing left to give or something. She says something like that. And Tessaia is like, you have everything to give. And that's at the very beginning of before the battle happens. And so now at the end, when like, all the mages are basically dead or like basically without magic. Tessaia is just about there. So she tells Yennefer, she's like, this is your legacy. Save the continent. This, this will be your legacy. And it's great because, you know, in the earlier episodes, one of Yennefer's biggest problems was controlling her emotions and not letting her temper get the best of her. Yes. And the yes. best moment is like Tessaia being like, let it all out let all like don't try and control it anymore like let it all out yes yeah yeah because that was like when she first started at Eratusa, right that was the thing that Tessaia was always trying to get her to do was to, to just control 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 and now it's just like just be free and so Yennefer basically just like goes nuclear <laughs> yeah and like literally sets a massive like fire and like decimates <laughs> yeah <laughs> like what majority like, of Nilfgaard's like are not like infantry. all of them but yeah all the infantry I, I think it's most of them it's not Kahar and it's not Fringilla they're right. not there but it's like all of the other guys so like basically yeah. it kind of wipes them out like they can't fight anymore basically and at that time as like all of this is going down, King Foltest and his army roll up. Like, they finally made it, and the mages held the line to protect Sodden Hill, and, yes. you know. And then yeah, Yennefer they can basically s- take over. Yeah, and then Yennefer seemingly just disappears. Yeah, we don't really see what happens, right? No. No, she just kind of is gone. And then we kind of go back to Siri. Mm-hmm. So Siri now has been, she wakes up and she's woken up by the woman whose horse she stole. And Siri is kind of like, she wakes up and she's horrified to see like the dead bodies of all of these boys who she used to play with <laughs> in the town square. They are all just like massacred, stuck on trees, like impaled on trees. Like, it is horrific. And she, like, has no idea. No, she's, like, she, she like, did. completely blacked everything out. I mean, I think she knows that she did it, maybe. But, like, she doesn't know how or 
You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I, I think, I'm not sure. It's hard to tell if she actually knows if she did it or not, or if she's just like, I woke up and all these people were dead. I think from what she's been through, she probably has like a sinking suspicion that she's responsible for it, but she's like not ready to Right, exactly. Yeah. So then she goes to, she goes with the woman to her house, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's like at first she's like, fuck, I'm not going anywhere with you, especially after what I've done to your horse. Because the horse is dead too. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. But I think she's just so scared and the woman is so kind that she's like, okay, just take me away. (laughs) I mean, this poor girl is really only 13 at the time. Yeah, she's a baby. And she's like 12 or 13. So yeah, she's... She's seen a lot of death in the last two weeks. Yeah. So, yeah, someone being nice to her, she kind of just is like, yeah, I'm, I'll take it. I guess at that point, we go back to Geralt and his fever dreams. Yeah, because he is still, he's still out of it. Like, full on flu status. <laughs> like, he's fucking yeah, yeah. mess. Geralt has the COVID real bad. <laughs> And he's dreaming about his mother, Vicenna, I think is her name. Yeah, something like that. Who abandoned him as a child to be made into a witcher, which, like, I need to know more about that. Yes. (laughs) And then, but I think he also dreams of, like, he dreams about Yennefer, doesn't he? I think so, yeah. And I think he dreams about Renfrey. Yeah, yeah. All of these, like, seemingly important women in his life. Yeah, and the the merchant even, so he wakes up and the merchant even, like, makes some jokey comment about who he was calling out for all of the women he's ever met or something. Yeah. Like, it was kind of funny. So then he's kind of, like, he he's seemingly better. Yeah. Like, he seems, like, to kind of be, he's back, kind of back to his, like, lucid self. Um, and they arrive at the merchant's farm and we realize the merchant's wife is the woman who saves Siri from the woods and he tells the woman you know I I found a witcher he saved my life and she's like I found a little girl in the woods and Geralt hears her say the girl in the woods and in his fever dream Renfrey had just reminded him about the girl in the woods yep and so Geralt just gets up and heads into the woods it is this kind of Great. I know. Like moment. how? How does he know? Yeah. How does he know? Well, and how does she know? It's like they both immediately understand who the other person is. Right. So she kind of like sneaks out of the house early that morning and she's just like, I gotta go. It's too dangerous. I don't want this woman to be hurt. Mm-hmm. And then so he heads into the forest and then dun dun dun. They see each other. Finally. And they hug. Finally. And then you think that's it. Yes. But then Siri like looks up at him. And goes, who's Yennefer? Right. And you're like, what? Because because Siri had been hearing voices, right? Mm -hmm. She had been hearing voices of the mages, right? She had been hearing the the mages' voices. Not just Yennefer, but I think other other mages as well. I just can't remember when that was. I think it might have been when when her powers activated. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, and then that is the end of season one. And we will find out all the things in three days. Woo! Woohoo! We did it. Or tomorrow when you listen to this on Thursday. Oh, that's right. That's wow. So exciting. So we, we did will it. we will have episode one of season two ready for you guys next week. 
Yes. It will be a Christmas special. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, it will air uh, the Christmas Eve Eve. <laughs> yes. Uh, on the 23rd. And then we'll be back on the 30th for episode two. Yes. So, I mean, I know everything drops at once and we're all going to binge it. I know we're all going to probably watch it in eight hours stuck on our couches. Yeah. But bear with us because we definitely need to go episode by episode on this bad boy. Yeah, it is a lot to do four episodes in one podcast. Sure is. <laughs> and we just think it's gonna, everyone's going to be so excited, us included. And we just want to give each episode like it's due and talk about it. And all the, there's going to be so many new characters because mm-hmm. there's such a there's such a huge like the cast is so much bigger this year. Yeah. And there's going to be so many um, new locations. And like, so, yeah, we're definitely going to want to really get into it and get deep into everything about it so yeah that's i'm excited i can't wait same everyone has to come prepared with their notebooks like we are doing uh witcher history you know lectures it's true oh my god i'm gonna be taking so many notes to figure out what year it is i'm really (laughs) hoping that it's just like 1263 for the entire season yeah just give us give us little captions that let us know what's going on yeah, what's wrong with a title screen once in a while? I liked picking and, and playing the game of, like, what timeline is this? But, right. you know, I wouldn't mind a, a little break on season two. Yeah, exactly. I just I just feel like because they are all kind of together, or they, they seemingly will be all kind of together, it will probably be easier this year, this season, for it to be sort of, like, one timeline. But we might get flashbacks, I think, again. Probably. Maybe because we're going to be meeting some, like, other witchers, I think. So, so exciting! Spoiler. Sorry. Eh. I don't think it's a spoiler, really. No. It's a casting. Yeah. Because they've been saying it for a while, so. Yeah, so I think it should be good. I'm excited. I can't wait. It's going to be good stuff. I'm definitely going to read, or I'm definitely going to watch it all of Christmas holidays. <laughs> oh, yeah. I am binging right through. Yeah. My husband be damned. He's not quite at the same level of binging as I am, but. Yeah, it's true. I'm always like, I have to watch it for the podcast. Can't wait for you. Yeah. Sorry, bro. Like, That's we got... what I did with Ted Lasso. I was just like, I can't wait. I'll watch it again with you. <laughs> I have to read it for, watch it for social media purposes. Exactly. <laughs> My God. I've already spoiled myself on Spider-Man No Way From Home, so. Or No Way Home, whatever the hell it's called. Yeah, yeah. You can't you can't be on social media anymore. I mean, I love it, but you can't because spoilers are a plenty. I know. But you know what? Here's the thing. I Here's why I don't care about spoilers. Like, honestly. Unless it's, like, something, like, really, really big that is, like, plot, like, devastating or, like, you know what I mean? Like, the journey of... In, of watching oh, the show yeah. or the movie is still like I like it it doesn't bother me it doesn't change anything for me and I think that's because I'm such a big fan of romance novels because you know how a romance novel ends every single time that's it true. ends with them together that's that is true. the promise that mm-hmm. you are given so like reading a spoiler doesn't like make anything worse for me because I'm still going to enjoy watching it that first time right but it's not I mean there's a couple things obviously that I think, if I had known ahead of time, wouldn't have been as impactful. Like, um, when I watched the finale of Succession, <laughs> it, like, blew my mind. 
I was like screaming at the TV. Yeah, don't say anything because I have to watch the entire show over Christmas break. I know, you have like three seasons of Succession to watch. Yeah. And then we can scream about Cousin Greg and my man Tom. But... Love Mr. Darcy. Oh my God, it was so good. Yeah, Mr. Darcy. Like, Matthew McFadden better get all of the goddamn nominations this year because he was so good. Yeah, I haven't even seen the show, but I fully support that because I love that man so much. He is so good. Like, I just, oh, there's just, he's just the caliber of his acting. Like, it's, I don't even know how to explain it. It's like, he's such a good fucking actor. Hey, he's the original Uhtred of Bebenberg. He is. He is. This is full, (laughs) we're full circle today, Daria. (laughs) Honestly. Yeah, you know, it's true. Like, I've, you know, found out spoilers before. And sometimes spoilers make me more excited to watch. Mm -hmm. Like, I definitely got spoiled on some Wheel of Time stuff. But it was, like, romance stuff. And so it made me Mm. more, like, I was like, oh, now I officially have to tune in. Because there are less things in the show. So now I have to watch. Like, like, there are certain things where I'm like, hell yeah, give it to me. That's what I want. Mm -hmm. Which, like, by the way, if you guys aren't watching Wheel of Time, I have. Highly suggest it because it's on our Christmas watching list. Episode four was like beautiful, like just yeah. I'm I'm actually really excited to start it. So now that Succession is over, um, and I think <clears throat> next week is either next week or the week after is the last episode of Yellowstone, mm. which is my other guilty pleasure show. I'm gonna start Wheel of Time for sure. Yeah, I think it's just like visually stunning. Like, the costuming, the character design, the world building. It's just absolutely... You know, I love costumes. Dude, you're going to lose your shit. <laughs> you're going to be making Moraine dupe outfits next week. Because, like, everything is so beautiful. Maybe I'll find, some, like, a reason for all of that silk that I, like, addiction bought over the summer. Guys, I have so much silk that I just would buy... <laughs> because I was like, I'm going to make all these things. And then I didn't make anything, but I have a lot of silk. So yeah, maybe I'll start making some Wheel of Time cosplay for us, Daria. <laughs> Pass it along. I want to be an eyes to die. <laughs> God, it's crazy. It's like we're all trying to watch as much TV as possible, but also like not watch too much that there's something to watch <sighs> while we're all home for the right no exactly exactly so i've been like going through netflix and watching a lot of their um like super romance christmas movies yep yep you know they're fun they are they are i i don't think that christmas romance movies have quite matched the caliber of a good romance novel like i no i I think that they're like too afraid to get that to that point yeah, I I would say even most rom-coms are too afraid to get to that point. Yeah. So, you know, not it it hits what it needs to hit. You know what I mean? Like I know I'm getting a happy Christmas ending and so like that's Yeah. fine by me. It's feeling yes. all a whole Which right ones now. were you watching? I watched uh, A California Christmas, which was written by this woman and then she cast herself and her husband as the leads. And it's it's actually great. Like, 
It's really cute and funny and um, absurd. The plot is super absurd, but like, great. And then I finally watched A Castle for Christmas with Brooke Shields. Honestly, it's really good. It's really good. I mean, once you get over the like wonky Scottish accent, it got me. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, the yeah Carrie Elwes's accent is a lot. It is um, at first. Yeah, because it's not even bad. No, it's just like there. very jarring. Yeah, because you're like, it's like if I started talking in a British accent right now, it'd be weird. <laughs> but it's not bad. It's just like surprising yeah um but like as the movie goes on you kind of like forget that he's not scottish and Mm -hmm. you just kind of go with it you know i mean he's not quite as good at being scottish as say like mark rowley from the last kingdom who is actually scottish i can't believe he didn't squeeze his way into that movie to be honest i know it's a netflix movie (laughs) mark there's an untapped market for you it's okay we're just gonna write another scottish christmas romance (laughs) Right. And he will look like Mark Rowley, so there's no <laughs> concerns about casting. <laughs> okay, Nancy Myers. Okay. Well, it worked for her, didn't it? <laughs> it did. It did. It sure did. <laughs> Is there anything else that you are going to be doing over the Christmas holiday? A whole lot of nothing, which is our Christmas gift to each other this year. Like, we both took off Christmas Eve to New Year's Day. And I genuinely think that we are just going to, like, stay home, order in, Mm -hmm. watch a lot of TV. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll finish my novel. I probably won't finish my novel, but maybe I'll get some writing done. You might. (laughs) Yeah. It's going to be be a really quiet holiday, which I I really, really love. Like, we're traveling a lot to see family on, like, the actual days of, but... Yeah. Come the 26th, we are home and we are not leaving. Yeah, that's like us. Yeah, we're gone sort of like Christmas Day to the 28th um, to see family. And then the 28th until my kid goes back to school on the 4th is just like hopefully not a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really want to do anything. So a whole bunch um, of nothing. I just want to chill. So yeah. And then hopefully my kid goes back to school. <laughs> yeah, hopefully COVID doesn't ruin Thanks. that. Fingers crossed. Yeah, it's getting a little bit crazy uh, here in Ontario. So we'll see. We'll see. But I only have a couple days left and then they're done school for the holidays. So just got to get through the next couple of days and then work all of next week with my kids underfoot. (laughs) I know. I'll be like, here, call Daria. Talk to her. (laughs) Read some books. She can call me anytime. (laughs) yeah Uh, I think I am going to I haven't been reading much I haven't had a lot of book recs for you guys because I just haven't had time I've been just so swamped with work like my day job work (laughs) so I haven't I know so I haven't had a chance to read a lot of things but I do have like a big to be read list now of like so much stuff coming out but one of the things that has like been a huge sort of I, I had heard about it a couple of years ago because I had listened to um, the Heaving Bosoms podcast, had done an episode on it, um, but it is the Ice Planet Barbarians by Ruby Dixon. Infamous. 
Yeah. It is infamous on on uh, TikTok about these like weird like seven foot tall blue aliens who need like human women to procreate with them. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this out loud. Here's the thing. I don't read a lot of paranormal romance. Like actually like I really don't read paranormal romance at all. I don't not a huge fan of vampires, shifters. It's just not like no. not a thing for me. But like everyone I know has read these books and I'm just like people whose like opinions I I truly value. And like I feel like they must be good <laughs> if everyone is reading them and loving them. So I am going to get into some Ice Planet Barbarians over the holidays and I'm going to read the first one. I promised I would read the first one. <laughs> There's like 12 of them so i'm gonna read the first one and see how it goes but like not really sure how i feel about alien romance but we'll see (laughs) i'm gonna do it and see how it goes i support you (laughs) i am dying to know what you think because i've been also contemplating reading them purely because i feel like if i don't i'm missing out on a very big part of the like romance novel cultural zeitgeist and I can't. It's true. I can't honestly. not understand. Like I, I, I need to know. I need to know why people are so obsessed with these books. Yeah. So I'm very excited to to read it, and and we'll see. I hear there's like a second series that's like Ice Planet Barbarians, but they're pirates, and Ooh. I love pirates, so that might be my way in. <laughs> Ice Planet Barbarian Jack Sparrow. <laughs> I'm losing it. Guys, it's so late right now. <laughs> hey, so listen. Tired. On that note, you can find us at www.hotelvicarious.com. You can email us at hotelvicarious at gmail.com. And you can find us on social, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Hotel Vicarious. Well, folks, we hope you enjoyed our recap of The Witcher Season 1, and we will see you all next week for our very first episode of Witcher Season 2. So this is Hotel Vicarious, and we hope you enjoyed your stay. Bye!